Revelation chapter 4 and uh, verse number 1 is the only verse I want to read this morning. The Bible said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word this morning. I ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. God, you know the burden of my heart this morning is that some sinner will walk the aisle and be saved. God, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to get a hold of them. But I pray you'll take your word this morning. And I pray the Holy Spirit would get a hold of their heart this morning. I pray that you'd take the blinders off of them this morning and help them to see themselves in need of a Savior. God, I pray for we that are saved this morning. Lord, if there's a backslider, and I'm sure there's somebody here that's saved but backslid out of the will of God, maybe they're in church but they're out of your will, I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to their heart this morning and they'll repent of their backslid ways and get on an altar and get right with you. Encourage the hearts of those that are maybe discouraged and strengthen the weary this morning and we'll love you and praise you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I thought about what they sang and what Brother Laddie testified about this morning and what God had laid on my heart to preach today. And I want to preach a few minutes this morning on the reality of the rapture. The reality of the rapture. You know, it's amazing to me that the closer we get to the end, the less people, and I'm talking about saved people when I make this statement, that the closer we get to the end, the less that saved people want to talk about it. I mean, the closer we get to the end, uh, if the, our text and context proves anything, the chapters leading up to chapter four, uh, it proves this one thing, that the closer the church gets to the end, the more sleep she's gonna become, the more fire she is gonna lose, the more apathetic she is gonna grow, and the more entangled in the world and the, the cares and the affairs of this world she is gonna become. Now, when you think about even this church this morning, and I consider this to be a good church, and I thank God for our church this morning, but it would be absolutely staggering if we really knew how entangled the, the, the folks, including the preacher, those of us sitting here this morning, how entangled in this world that we really are. If the Bible teaches us anything, it teaches us not to attach ourselves to this world, not to drive our tent stakes so deep that we lose sight of heaven and we lose sight of his coming. There was a time when people sang more about the rapture, what he talked about, and people shouted more about the rapture than what they're doing today. Preachers preached more about the rapture. Every revival meeting you would go to, you would hear the message somewhere that Jesus is coming coming and you better get saved and you better get ready. But there's a cooling down process uh, in these last days when people have heaped to themselves teachers having itchy ears uh, and now they're looking for a time and they're looking for a place uh, uh, when people will just give them a better way to live on earth. Uh, I'm going to tell you a better way to live on earth. Uh, it's keep your eyes on the eastern sky and look for that golden daybreak uh, when Jesus comes again uh, uh, living in light of the second coming and the rapture 
of the church and I know they're different events uh, but living in light of those two events this morning will change the way we walk. Uh, it'll change the way we witness. Uh, it'll change the way we worship. Uh, it'll change the way we work. Uh, I'm telling you, it'll make a difference uh, in our life. Amen. Well, when John comes to Revelation chapter number four, he has stood on the threshold uh, of the beginning of the end. Uh, he has saw the church in chapter number four of the Laodiceans, uh, how that they're rich and increased with goods uh, and they have need of nothing, the Bible says, uh, but yet they're spiritually bankrupt on God. Uh, there's no presence and there's no power and there's no moving of the touch of God within their church. Uh, I do not want to become a Laodicean church, amen? I'm telling you, when a man of God turns the church over and lets the people start making all the decisions, uh, I'm telling you, you get out of Bible order and you lose the blessings of God. And when a church gets to the place, friend, uh, where that she becomes so worldly that she's of no heavenly good anymore, uh, then you lose uh, the power of God. When we come to this text this morning, what we see here is a spiritual saying, and that's John the Revelator. We see here a supernatural sound as he hears the sound of a trumpet, and that's Jesus, our Redeemer. And then there is a scriptural sign as he says, come up hither, and that's Jubilee, and that's rapture, friend. And I'm here to tell you, thank God, it's not gonna be long as he's already stated this morning, and I believe the rapture is gonna happen. I believe the trumpet's gonna sound. The dead in Christ are gonna rise, and we which are alive and remain are gonna be called up to meet the Lord in the air, amen. And what a day that's gonna be, friend. Hey, when we come to this text, John, I know that he's about to write about uh, uh, things that are gonna take place. Uh, he's gonna write about the jubilation that's in heaven around the throne, uh, uh, the tribulation that's gonna be on earth uh, around the world. Uh, he's gonna write about the manifestation of angels uh, that's gonna be within the, the realm of the universe. Uh, and then he's gonna write about the annihilation uh, of the battle of Armageddon uh, when all the uh, captains and the kings of this world uh, are gonna be thrown down uh, and the king of glory is going to come and he's going to write about the glorification of heaven and earth coming together for 1,000 glorious years and then a renovation of a new world. Thank God we're headed to a new world. Amen. I woke up in one the day I got saved. Been in one for 30 years now but one day, hallelujah, this old flesh, this old tent's going to be folded. Thank God and the spirit's going to leave my body and my friend, I'm going to be set free in a new land with a new Lord, with a new look on life. He is coming, hallelujah. He's coming soon, praise God. And I look forward to that this morning. I want you to notice concerning the reality of this rapture in this verse this morning, there's three things about John, the revelator here, that is not just true about John, but it's true about every saint of God concerning the reality of the rapture. Now the world wants you and I to think that this is nothing more than some figma of our imagination. Hollywood has produced several movies in the last years, uh, uh, Bible movies that they would call. The only problem, and I've not watched any of them, don't care to see any of them, uh, uh, but I'm just being honest with you. Uh, I guarantee you if you sit down and take a King James Bible and start watching that movie and follow it with that book, uh, it's not gonna line up, amen? And I'm here to tell you we're not to get our answers from Hollywood, we're to get our answers from the Bible. Somebody say amen to that. I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, I didn't have to go see The Passion of Christ 
Christ uh, for it to do anything for me. Uh, there's already been a passion for Christ. Uh, I saw Calvary through the eyes of this old black back book uh, and through the eyes of faith uh, and it did more for me than Mel Gibson or anybody else could ever do. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, I thank God for my Bible and the Bible is enough. Uh, the Bible's always been enough. Uh, I don't need the world to give me a picture of Jesus. Uh, I've got a book uh, and he is the word of God. Hallelujah this morning. And heaven is a reality. And the cross is a reality. And my friend, the rapture is a reality this morning. I want you to notice three things here concerning the reality of the rapture and John in the midst of this. I see number one, John looking, amen. As he said in verse number one, after this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven. John is looking. He's not just looking, but he's patiently looking. Notice that little phrase there, after this, amen. Well, my question is, John, what are you looking after? He's saying after the seven churches, which we know represents seven literal churches in Asia Minor, but it also represents seven church ages uh, from the time of the birth of the church in the book of Acts uh, all the way down, my friend, till the trumpet sounds and the church gets out of here. And I want to stop and say this, uh, my friend, the church leaves in chapter four in verse number one, and you don't see the church again until Revelation 19 and verse 11 when the king of glory comes back. Uh, we're going to come back riding with him. Amen. And I'm telling you, John said after looking at those seven churches uh, you know what he saw when he looked at those churches he saw the good of those churches he saw the bad of those churches and he saw the ugly of those churches John saw it all didn't he he saw the church in its best state and then he saw the church in its worst state but John said after this I'm still looking you mean John after a church like Thyatira a worldly church you're still looking he said I'm still looking you mean John after a, a church uh, that's been through such persecution and has been through all the, the, the trials and the fires uh, that the church has went through, you're still looking, John said, I'm still looking. You mean after a church uh, that's so increased with the goods of this world uh, that it has forfeited it for the power of God and the Lord is on the outside trying to get in, you're still looking? John said, I'm still looking. I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, like Brother Laddie said a while ago, uh, I was looking when I got saved uh, and 30 years later, I'm still looking, my friend. Uh, he is coming, amen. You say, well, he didn't come in the 70s. Uh, he didn't come in the 80s. Uh, he didn't come in the 90s. Uh, he didn't come in the 2000. He's not coming. It's 2019. Uh, no, but I want to tell you something. We're closer today than we was 30 years ago. Uh, and just any day break, uh, uh, Jesus is coming for you and it might just be today. Hallelujah. And I'm patiently looking for his return. You know, the longer the wait, the greater the reunion and the welcome. You think it's going to be sweet, my friend. The longer we wait, the greater it's going to be when he comes. He is looking patiently. He is looking personally. He said, after this, I looked. 
What's interesting, John is not taking the word of someone else, but John himself is looking. I want to tell you, friend, it's good to have a church that's looking for Christ to come. It's good to go to church with a preacher that preaches about the rapture and talks about looking to come. But you got to look for yourself, friend. I'm telling you, you need to look at yourself and then you need to look for yourself because he is coming. When he comes, how is he going to find you? How is he going to find me? Number one, are you saved? Number two, are you separated? Number three, are you spirit filled? Number four, are you serving this morning? How is he gonna find you when he comes? Are you just playing games with God? Are you just sitting on the sidelines, just half in and half out? Are you giving God your dead level best? If the rapture comes this morning, will you be glad or will you be ashamed or will you be left behind? I'm talking about friend John. It's looking personally. He said, after this, I looked, amen. You see, I see a lot of people today, they're not looking for him to come. Oh, they're looking for a better report uh, on their 401k. They're looking for to, to Washington to see how things are going, uh, you know, on Fox News. Or they're looking, uh, uh, you know, when it's ball season, they're looking for, for who's going to win the, the World Series. And then they're looking to see who's going to win the Super Bowl. And then they're looking to see who's going to win the, the Final Four, all that other stuff. Uh, or they're looking for a better fishing place or a better hunting place. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those, uh, but there is something wrong when we get more excited about the things of this world than we do the fact uh, that Jesus could come at any moment. Hallelujah. Now, you don't have to shout why I'm preaching, but I'm telling you this morning, just like you said, there was a time when people was excited about Jesus coming again. Now, see, attitude, oh, well, I've done heard that before. I'm talking about they were looking, John was looking patiently. He was looking personally. He says, after this. You know, there's something you ought to circle in that verse there. It's the first word of that verse, and it's the last word. The first word is after. The last word is hereafter. And John said, after this, there's going to be a hereafter. I'm going to tell you, after all this is over with, you know what there is? There's a hereafter, friend. I don't care what the world says, and I don't care this morning what, uh, uh, listen, God denying atheists or heathens say, there is a hereafter, friend. And if you're saved, the hereafter is going to be good. And if you're lost, the hereafter is going to be terrible. I'm telling you, but listen, after all of this that you and I see, after all the labor, after all the work, uh, after our life is over with, what about the hereafter this morning? John wasn't looking for what he could see around him, but John was looking for the hereafter, Amen. I want to say he was looking patient, he was looking personally, and then he was looking passionately. Look what he said. And after this, I looked and behold. You know what that word behold means? It means to stop and to, to gaze upon. When you think about the rapture, John wasn't glancing at it, he was gazing upon it. He was studying the fact about what he's about to write about. John was looking for the Lord's return. All the disciples were looking for his return. I think this morning when we get right with God, we look for his return. John said, I'm looking passionately. I'm beholding. I'm telling you, do you behold the rapture this morning? Does it move you, the fact that Jesus could come? Does it thrill you that the rapture could take place this morning? Does it excite you? I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, if the cloud was to roll back right now and the graves were to open up and my 
loved ones was to come up out of the grave and friends and people I've served God went down through the years they was to come up out of that grave and I was listening faster than I could bat my eye I was to be standing in their presence in the air and we were going together hand in hand to meet the Lord in the air and may not do a whole lot for you friend but that fires me up amen that excites me that just any moment you can step out of suffering and you can step into splendor you can step out of gloom and you can step into glory you can step out of heartache and you can step into heaven you can step out of my friend trials and you can step into triumph I'm a looking I'm a looking I'm a looking for him to come hallelujah you could be hurting one minute and feeling great the next, amen. You could be old one minute and you could be young again the next minute. I'm telling you, friend, the rapture is our hope. The rapture is our healing. What revival don't fix down here, the rapture's gonna take care of up there, amen. I'm talking about my friend, he was looking passionately. It ought to excite us to think that Jesus is coming again. You know, I, I got outside the, yesterday after visitation and, the, you know, the sun was, I like it when the sun shines, don't you? I'm not complaining. Lord knows we need to rain, but uh, I just like it when the sun shines. And, uh, you know, I got outside and I was doing some things around the house and working outside and, and uh, you know, I love to do stuff like that and like to get outside. And I, I mean, I just like to sweat. How many of y'all like to sweat? I don't like sweat when I got a, when I got a suit on. Sweating's good for you. Y'all like to sweat? Every one of y'all need to sweat a whole lot. Amen? And, uh, but you know what? I like, to, I like to sweat. It makes you feel better, doesn't it? Amen. And, and I like to do stuff outside and, and be outside. In fact, when I wake up in the morning time, my wife will tell you the first thing I do is open every blind in the house. I let all the sun come in. I'm telling you, listen, you, wanna, you want me to go crazy. Put me in a room where there ain't no sunlight. Amen. I wouldn't make it 60 days. I'm telling you, uh, I just like the sun, don't you? I don't like a dark place. Uh, I like it when it's the sun's shining. Well, I want to tell you, friend, one of these days, uh, oh, the sun is going to shine brighter than she's ever shined before. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm looking. The kings are coming. Jesus is coming. My Savior's coming. I'm looking for him. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, it may be dark in this world now, but I'm telling you, it won't take but half a second for Jesus to brighten this old dark world up again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, he's a looking and he's looking passionately and he's looking through a portal. Notice what he said here in verse number one. He said, and after this I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. You know what that door is, friend? It's a portal. You say, what do you mean a portal? I'm talking about it's a heavenly portal. The only way John could look through that portal was God had to open it. Heaven's got... Gates, the Bible talks about in that city. But heaven's got a portal, friend. And when a child of God leaves this world, they may be laying on that bed of affliction, suffering in their body. What looks so dark on this side because we can't see through the portal. 
It looks grim to us because all we see is the sickness. We see the disease or we see the pain, the agony that their flesh, that their body is going through. I want to tell you on the other side, they're not looking at what we're looking at as this world begins to fade out. I'm telling you what heaven begins to do. It begins to open that portal up and they begin to take a sneak peek into where they're about to go. I'm telling you, I remember when my father-in-law passed away Away, and my wife was by his side holding his hand. I'm telling you, he'd been comatose for about three days, hadn't even opened, he couldn't open his eyes physically. Those tumors had closed every nerve and every every cell of his body was shutting down and he couldn't open his eyes. I want to tell you, when he got ready to make the crossing, you know what happened? His eyes opened up real big. He wasn't looking at them, but he was looking up. And my wife said, Daddy, you see something, don't you? He looked at that for just a few moments uh, and he looked over at her uh, and he looked at each one of his family members uh, and then he looked back up uh, and she said go she said go with the Lord yeah, it'll be alright we're going to be okay uh, he kept looking up and in just a few seconds uh, he drew his final breath you say where'd he go I'll tell you where he went uh, he slipped through that portal he got through that door uh, it opened up uh, and the spirit my friend was set free uh, oh glory to God uh, one of these days uh, Brother Jason, that portal, it's going to open up and I'm going to be gone. Hallelujah. I'm going to be gone. That door is going to open. And I'll tell you what God's going to do one of these days in the rapture. He's going to swing wide the gates. Hallelujah. Woo! He's going to open that portal so wide. Uh, it ain't just going to be a saint here and a saint there. He's going to open that wide. He's going to open it so wide, thank God. And every blood-washed saint of God that's living and ever has lived, uh, the church, uh, a mighty army, uh, he's going to roll back the sky and that portal's going to be open like she's never been open. And we're going home. Hallelujah. We're going to get out of this old world. I see John looking. I see John listening. Look at what the Bible says here. He says, and a door was open in heaven. Now notice this. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. John is not only looking but John is listening. You say, what's he listening to? He's listening. I want you to see here, this is that first voice. He says, uh, he said after this, he said, or he said uh, uh, that door was open in heaven. He said, and the first voice, which I heard. What, who is that first voice? I want to tell you that first voice is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. That first voice, my friend, is that voice that 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16 says. The Bible said the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. He's not coming, he's not sneaking into this world. He's not coming in quietly, amen. There's gonna be three sounds at the rapture. There's gonna be the shout. There's gonna be the voice of the archangel and there's gonna be the trump of God. Those are gonna be the three sounds at the rapture. That first one, my friend, is that sound, my friend, of rapture. And that's gonna be the voice of our Savior. He's coming back with a shout. And thank God to let us know that he's coming to get the church. That second one, my friend, is gonna be one of resurrection, Michael the archangel the trump of God is going to be that of my friend uh, 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 alarm that's going to let Israel know that my friend the king is soon coming I'm here to tell you friend this thing is shaping up and in these last days uh, uh, John said the first voice I heard was his voice you know the first voice you're going to hear when you get home it's going to be his voice 
I think the first voice that we'll hear will be that of Jesus. The Bible says here that it was a first it was a familiar voice. John, it wasn't the first time he had heard his voice. And I want to tell you, it won't be the first time I've heard his voice. I'm glad that when I hear the voice of Christ, he'll not have to introduce himself to me. He'll not have to tell me who he is. It'll be that same voice that has spoke to us all these years. You know, I don't know when God is speaking to you. It's always a still, small voice. Is that right? Brother, when God speaks to your heart, it's in a still, small voice. But I want to tell you in the rapture, it's not going to be a still, small voice. In the rapture, it's going to be a shout. Now, some people don't like shouting, and you don't have to shout, but don't be against shouting. Somebody say amen. You don't have to shout, just don't get mad about people that do. Amen. That's why I just, I'm not used to that. You're going to be a nervous wreck when you get to glory. Amen. I'm telling you, if you don't like it down here, I mean, you're going to be, well, I mean, listen, you're going to, you're going to have a whole lot of trouble in eternity, friend, because they're going to be shouting. You know who's going to start to shout? He's coming back with a shout. That's why I just don't like that shouting. Well, I don't know what you're going to do on rapture day, friend, because when he comes, he's not tippy-toeing in. He's coming in with a shout, and it's going to be a familiar voice. It's going to be a first voice. John is listening. Are you listening for the trumpet? Are you listening for that sound? I'm here to tell you, friend, it's going to be a friendly voice. He said it was as a trumpet talking with me. I'm glad that trumpet has talked to me down here through the pages of his word, and he's going to talk to every one of us. I'm telling you, in the rapture, friend, that's a friend voice. I'm glad I can hear the voice of God. Now look at me this morning. You be amazed people sit in church and don't hear a thing. Some of y'all ain't heard a thing I've said this morning. Amen. You don't hear anything I say if you're on your cell phone. Somebody say amen. That's right. So when my Bible's on my cell phone, bring your Bible and put your cell phone up. Somebody say amen right there. Brother, I'm telling you, uh, listen, you can read your Bible at work on your cell phone. I don't care. But I think you ought to carry a King James Bible to church. Somebody say amen. Let the world see you told a King James. And I like to carry a Bible, don't you? I just rather carry a Bible. I use an iPad for some notes because uh, I get tired of dragging notes everywhere. But I'm telling you, listen, I still write it in my Bible because I don't trust notes. Somebody, or I don't trust technology. Somebody say, man, if it goes down, I can still preach. I promise you, it may not be good anyway, but I'm not relying on technology. But I'm telling you, when it comes to the book, you see, sometimes these things get glitches in them. Amen? Sometimes they don't always say what I want them to say. Sometimes they autocorrect. How many of y'all, boy, I can't stand autocorrect. You've got to be careful with it too sometimes. That and voice texting. <laughs> It'll say things you don't want it to say. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no autocorrect in this. Amen. No glitches in this right here. I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, uh, this needs no autocorrect. Uh, this has no glitches. Uh, this ain't never going to power down. Uh, I don't got to plug it into the wall. Uh, and I'm not against technology. I got one sitting right here. And I don't got to plug this thing in the wall and charge it up. Oh, no. All I got to do is plug myself into it, and it'll charge me up. Amen. You want to talk about a charge for it? There's coming a charge uh, uh, one of these glorious days. Uh, and I'm a listening. Wouldn't it be good if the trumpet sounded right now and we felt that charge uh, to Get out of this old world. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. He's good to us, Brother Jack. And the rapture is going to take place. I'm talking about he's, John is looking. John is listening. And then I want to give you this last one. I'm done. John is leaving, friend. You know what that trumpet says to him? 
He said, come up hither and I'll show you the things which must be hereafter. You see, the desire for John to leave earth is in that one little word, come. John's had a desire to leave, but get this, he can't leave. He can't leave by himself. I've got a desire to leave, but I can't leave by myself. Somebody's got to get me out of this world, amen? Somebody's got to get you out of this world. I'll just be honest with you. If I could pack up and go home today and take my family with me, I'd pack them all up and we'd just check out together and go home. If there was a road to travel, I'd start the process right now. I'd start walking toward heaven right now. But there's no road. My friend, I know there's a Calvary road, but I can't physically come. But one of these days, I'm gonna hear the call and the call's gonna say, come, come. Oh, the greatest word in all the Bible is come, hallelujah. It means children can come. It means old people can come. It means middle-aged people can come. It means everybody can come, amen. I'm telling you, that's one of the last words in the word of God is come. The spirit and the bride say come. Heaven's portals are open. I'm telling you, if you want to go to heaven, friend, you can go this morning. Don't let that crowd tell you you can't go. I'm telling you, Jesus died for every man, woman, boy, and girl. And if they want to come, they can come. You say, how do I get there? You got to come by way of the cross. That's what they sung about. But if you come by the way of the cross, you can go to heaven. And one of these days, you'll hear him say, come, hallelujah. I'm talking about his desire to leave this earth. Notice notice the direction in which John is leaving earth. The Bible says, notice that next word, come up. (laughs) How many of y'all like that word? That makes me want to shout, Brother David. Come up, amen. I don't like to be down, do you? I like to be up, amen. I'm telling you, I don't like to get sick and get down. I want to be up, don't you? And sometimes in this world, we're up, and sometimes in this world, we're down. But one of these days, uh, our direction is going to change, friend. We're going up, uh, and thank God we'll be up, amen? I'm here to tell you I'm not going to hell, and one of the reasons I know I'm not going to hell is I'm not going in that direction, amen? You see, there's only two ways. Uh, there's up and there's down. And I want to tell you, if you think about it, it'll either be a hole in the ground or it'll be a hole in the sky, Amen? But I'll tell you, the more you look in that hole, the more down it looks, amen? But the more you look up, the more encouraging it is. You say, oh, I've been discouraged, preacher. Well, then lift up your hands and look up for your redemption. It's drawing nigh, hallelujah. You know, I used to listen to a radio station, a Christian radio talk station. It depressed me so bad, I quit listening to it. I'm talking about years ago. And then I won't say the name because somebody may have this and if you have it and you get help out of it, I say more power to you. But somebody sent me a a, a magazine uh, several years ago and uh, an issue to a magazine, I started reading, it was a Christian magazine and I started reading that magazine but I noticed all they ever talked about was negative news. I mean, I'd start out having a pretty good day and I'd start reading that magazine, Brother Danny, by the end of the day, I mean, I wanted to blow my brains out. You say, that's pretty bad. You ought to read the magazine. I mean, I'd read that magazine. The more I'd read it, I'd think, man, this is so, and I'd find myself coming on and saying, boy, no lady, things are getting bad. They've always been bad. You think it's bad now? You ought to live in Noah's day. Amen. It ain't as bad as we think it is. Come on now. I know it's getting worse. But hey, they ain't cutting our heads off over here right now. Amen. 
They, we're, not, we're not coming to church worried about somebody coming in with machine guns. I'm talking about the government when I say that. It ain't as bad as it is other places right now. We still got it better than anybody else on planet Earth. That's why we ought to be more fired up about God than anybody. We got it. We got it. I mean, we got it so good. And this world, uh, I know this world is bad, but I read that and I think, man, I, I mean, it just really depressed me. And then I get around some people sometimes and, and I know the world is terrible, but I don't want to live my life every day thinking, boy, this is a terrible world. I mean, you know, it's awful. Got to go to work today. Never thinking, don't you thank God you got a job? I got to work around them heathens. Don't you thank God you got a chance to witness to them? I know it's tough. I've been there. I know what that's like. I understand. I understand. But I'm telling you, if you're always looking down, guess how you're going to feel? That's how you're going to feel. You say, well, preacher, you just don't know how bad it is. I mean, you don't know how rough I got it. I, I don't know, but I'll tell you what will help you. Quit looking down and start looking up. Amen. I know the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I know America's on a slippery slope of sin. I know she's on a fast track to hell. I'm telling you, all these pieces have to come together. But in the end, guess what? We win. In the end, we make it home. In the end, we're around the table. In the end, we're with our family. We're with our friends. We got a new body. Things get better in the end. Hallelujah. What we got to do is prepare for leaving this world. Are you prepared to leave the direction in which John was leaving this earth? And then the delight. You know where he found his delight? Look what he said. I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. He said, Brother Gravely, how can you be encouraged? in the rapture, knowing how the world is. Think about all the things that are going to be hereafter for the child of God. Brother, what we need to do today is not get so fired up about living down here. We need to get prepared and fired up about leaving this world. And don't misunderstand me. I want to live in this world as long as God will allow me to live. I mean, if they told me tomorrow... That, hey, if you'll take this pill, you can live longer. If you don't take this pill, you're going to die. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the pill. Because I feel like there's work for me to do still. I feel like my family still needs me. I feel like there's a purpose in being in this world. But don't misunderstand. This world's not my home this morning. I'm just passing through. I started a journey 30 years ago. I know, I remember, don't you remember the day you were lost? I nobody headed nowhere going to hell. One day I got under old time conviction. The Holy Spirit knocked on my heart's door and got saved. And the funny thing about when you get saved, this world don't look as good as it used to. And all of a sudden I'm ready. There's a desire to say one of these days he's going to call. He's going to say, come up hither and I'm going to go for you.